Hello everyone, I am Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. Today we talk to Jeremy and James of Michigan post-rock band Sunlight Ascending. The two discovered their passion for the arts at a young age, and while they have skewed heavily into music, they still work to make the band's album art and posters. Sunlight Ascending formed in 2006 and found themselves playing mostly in the emo metal scene, doing their best to fit in by playing louder than everyone else. The band found their place after being invited to a shoegaze festival and has since been devoted to making music up for interpretation of the listener. After a short hiatus, the band released their single, Echoes in Green, in 2020 and are working on another full-length album. Without further ado, Echoes in Green by Sunlight Ascending.
James and Jeremy Schultz of Sunlight Ascending. Thank you guys so much for being on with us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. I think the first thing we wanted to ask you guys is you said you were interested in the arts in general. You said you guys both draw. Uh, oh, yeah. James, you have some interest in like graphic design and photography and stuff. So tell us a little bit about your interest in the arts. Uh, Jeremy, you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, uh, sure, sure. Um, well, uh, me and James have pretty much drawn from as long as I can remember and just always been making art as far as that goes. Um, so I kind of, I don't do it too often now, but I, you know, when I still, when I get some rare free time, I'll, I'll do some drawing, you know? And, uh, so I'm always trying to do that. Uh, really, I just love it in general. Like, even if I'm not able to do it necessarily, you know, I just appreciate it. So that's pretty much music and that takes over most of my life. So, yeah, I generally, uh, I tend to. I don't know, ever since I was a kid, I kind of gravitated towards art or anything related to it. I generally spend a lot of my time making graphic art and stuff, especially like on my phone or my computer. Um, I think that's more like up my alley as opposed to the drawing. I don't really draw that much, but we used to draw a lot as kids. Like we used to draw all sorts of stuff. Jeremy was really into drawing like Lord of the Rings orcs and stuff like that. I was into drawing cars and I don't know, we used to make up little worlds and draw certain weird stuff together. But like as a as of late, I tend to focus on like, I don't know, just making stuff on my own, like on my phone. Definitely like graphic art for sure. Any shows that we do, I tend to like make the posters for or, you know, stuff like that. I tend to be like, hey, let me do that. <laughs> Which James has done a lot of uh, Sunlight's artwork over the years, too. If, if not, like, like most of our album art, I think, was stuff you came up with. Yeah, besides, well, I helped um, our guitarist, Sean, kind of did our last one. and uh, Oh, yeah, Sean does a lot of beautiful artwork as well yeah so it sounds like a lot of collaboration you know within music and within all the artwork and everything um oh yeah so how do you develop the ideas for the artwork that you're making say for the album or for posters for shows at least for me i can't really say for sean or andrew or trish but like i kind of usually have like a an image in mind that kind of goes along with our music it's kind of like our music is pretty much all instrumental. So kind of the way we write music is kind of like painting almost. <laughs> and it's hard to, it's hard to say, like, for instance, our last record echoes in green, like we had an idea of like, we wrote the song, we recorded the song. So what does it sound like to us? And we based a lot of it off of like an old poem, and then we based it also off of like, uh, Sean likes to take pictures in the woods. So it was really kind of like a collaboration between that and like. I was gonna say, I feel like nature is a big thing, kind of thing that I think of when writing is, I don't know why that necessarily comes to mind, but nature is something that I think of. And I feel like it goes along with a lot of the art both of you guys have created, so. 
it tends to be like the uh, one of the focal points of our sound. Nothing's ever really set in stone as far as ideas go. We kind of let people take that into, you know, have their own opinion on it. Or I think we generally have an idea that we kind of keep to ourselves and let, you know, let everyone else decide what it is. <laughs> so you guys are kind of making the art that's sort of evocative of the music itself. And then on top of that, now you said when you were doing this, you were thinking about like a poem or something like that, which is interesting to me because like you said, your stuff doesn't really have a whole lot of lyrics to it. So how does the, the, the poem aspect kind of fit into like making instrumental music? Um, well, in regards to that, for the last single that we did, we added the poem in there because it kind of we kind of wanted to create like a package with the record uh we had a buddy release it and it was a really nice package and we wanted to include something else that someone could you know potentially read along with with the track but we normally don't do that but it just seemed like a fitting thing for the song and uh it's our music is heavily based on nostalgia and the certain poem was based around that as well. And yeah, I think it just kind of made sense to do it that way. Yeah. Kind of, kind of just all came together, like all the ideas we were having and it made a lot of sense in that moment. And yeah, we tried to work a bunch of ideas together at once, <laughs> just, you know, and we just, instead of just trying to pick and choose, we put them all together. So kind of just it worked out nicely though I think it did at least so tell us a little bit about how you got your start in music you've been a band since about 2006 um we know and so tell us a little bit about you know your life before the band music wise and then when you started the band oh you want me to start <laughs> uh, I, I could start off um so for me, uh, music's just always been around. Um, our dad, he was a vocalist in a band in California. And so he kind of the love of it came from there. You know, him always just kind of just, you know, him kind of giving his little, you know, love of that to to us, I guess. And then um, <clears throat> we went to shows pretty early on. Uh, I think I was like 10 and you were... 12 13 yep and um <clears throat> we convinced them to uh take us to we we got into like punk pretty early and that sort of stuff and uh we convinced them to take us to a show because one of the bands was a christian band and he's like well okay i think i think he kind of just wanted to have an excuse to to go to a show again because he hadn't and then uh you know, he was really into it. So we, we saw Comeback Kid and a whole bunch of awesome bands when we were like 10. I don't, I was like 10, you were 12, 13. Yeah, I was probably about 12, 13. And then uh, I think we both had kind of started playing music by them, but I, I just, no, I didn't get a drum set until that yeah. next coming year. And um, that just, yeah set us off um, my dad brought home 
my dad brought home a bass and a little amp and I just started kind of learning from there and then I think that same year you had gotten a drum set and we just kind of started making music together but um we had been like moving around a lot so we didn't really know any like we didn't really have many friends because we kept on yeah. moving around so we just kind of got caught up in like the uh beginning stages of the internet and we got kind of obsessed with like looking up bands and stuff and kind of that's kind of how we found out about a lot of music is through the internet and going through like forums when we were like probably way too young to be on the internet <laughs> and um yeah. I don't know I I wanted to play music but I also wasn't very good I also really enjoyed writing about music and I I think by the time I was 14, I just I launched a website because that's pretty much where my world was at, was on the internet and kind of created a website where I'd like review music and stuff. And I ended up having like a whole bunch of people send me music. Gojira sent their first full length to you. Yeah, Gojira, I got, like music from Gojira. I got like, I don't know, I think I by the time I was done with the website half my music collection was just sent to me. And that was like pretty, I was still pretty young. And I bet, uh, <laughs> I bet if the people knew how young I was, they probably wouldn't have sent me the music. <laughs> but I did that for a little bit. And I think at one point, Jeremy and I were just like, why don't we just play music instead of, you know, writing yeah. music. <laughs> And so we started a band. We ended up, um, I don't know how we met them, but Jeremy, you met uh, our friend, John. Oh yeah, original guitarist um, and our, uh, who's still in the band, Trish, um, who plays bass currently. Um, <clears throat> we I met John through a buddy who I met going to church and he was into like skateboarding and he was kind of into punk music and stuff too. And then he's like, Hey, I have this friend that also skates. And I found out he was into like Devil Wears Prada. I'm like, Oh, this guy's cool. And he has a guitar and all this stuff. So then he was, uh, we met up with him and we all became great friends. And, uh, he, he was the starting point was, was, uh, me, James, Trish, and then did John joined, he joined in after though. It was, uh, us three first, right? I think we, we tried to start like a metal band, but none of us wanted to sing. And yeah. Kids kind of afraid to do that. And it just kind of worked out where around the same time we, we started not only listening to like heavy music, but also, um, kind of more experimental stuff. And that's just kind of where we gravitated towards was like, well, we're not going to sing. So let's just kind of make the music work without the singing. And we stuck with that forever. <laughs> and um, basically that first rendition, the four of us, uh, like that's, I mean, besides John, who ended up leaving pretty early on, it's been me, Jeremy and Trish the entire time. And uh that was probably 2000, early 2006, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, we just, we started writing music and we, we decided that 
well, first we came up with a band name and we decided let's do a show and just see how it goes. And uh, we ended up playing a show at like this local community center in uh, Clawson, Michigan. And we had a different name. We ended up changing it after that show because kids are cruel. And uh, <laughs> I a cool spacey name and the people not so much. <laughs> But it's funny, but after that, we changed our name and uh, we named it after an Apple Seed Cast song because we were really into the Apple Seed Cast at the time. Um, I, we just changed the, the wording around a little bit that made a little bit more sense to us. And honestly, from there, like we just start, uh, started kind of like listening to a lot of music and kind of seeing like what other bands are doing, you know, how you approach things live what kind of equipment people are using just kind of got obsessed with all that and yeah like I think we recorded our first demo in 2007 for some reason we jumped on like a battle of the bands and we we won for some reason I don't even know how but because we were pretty terrible but yeah it was rough it was a rough time. <laughs> it was really rough but I think we uh Oh, yeah, I played one of those shows with a broken toe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got about that. We got some money from that Battle of the Bands, and that's, I think, how we recorded the first demo in 2006. Yeah, that sounds right. I think that's how it happened. It's crazy. And, yeah, I, I think we got pretty hyped up on that, and we just kept on going from there. And, uh, yeah, I think that was the start of it. But I don't think we really had a vision for like being an instrumental band until after we put out that demo. Because after that, we were like, all right, this is kind of our sound and we're going to build upon this and, you know, we're going to make this work. And we did because we we're <laughs> the scene, the music scene back then and where we're from, it was huge and it was thriving. But all the bands were scene bands, you know, like lots and lots of uh swoopy haircuts and breakdowns and bass drops and we'd get on a show with like eight of those bands and we'd be like the odd man out kind of like we don't belong here but at the same time this is pretty funny yeah it just so happened that those were the shows we would get on uh Cause it, it was, it was weird. Like there's so much going on in the music scene, but it was also kind of hard to get on. Like the bigger local shows always happen to be like metalcore bands. So it was like, well, we got to kind of work with these and it happened quite a lot. Sometimes it was good and beneficial. I feel like we had some good early shows and, but then sometimes I feel like it, it was, it was definitely probably kind of weird for people like seeing that and then seeing our, our stuff <laughs> i think at one point we were just like well in order to fit in we just have to play way louder than everyone else <laughs> so it's like, yeah, we're yeah. Doing this, at least we're loud and one of my goals at least was to like look big like at least we had like big amplifiers and stuff i don't know if it necessarily sounded that good but I think people kind of like started digging it like after we did a dozen or so shows. Yeah, this sounds about right. Like maybe 10, 10 shows in people are kind of like, 
oh, this is like this kind of band rather than just like a bunch of kids trying to change. Yeah. <laughs> just feel free to not answer, but what was the band originally called? Our first name was called Brown Dwarf. <laughs> like the Brown Dwarf star. And uh, I thought it was cool. <laughs> the, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about like what people could twist it as meaning at that time. I don't, I don't think it's any got the word brown did. in it. Yeah, <laughs> you can do a lot brown. with that. <laughs> and then our friend, I remember, he's like, "Oh, I just took a brown dwarf," and it was like, "Oh man, here we go, <laughs> here we I, go." I was also uh, like a very unapproachable, shy kid, and like hearing that from just people around me, I'm like, "Oh, this is terrible." Like, this- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It did. It didn't help the uh, the social aspect a whole lot no. in that in that realm of time. <laughs> I think um, once we started, you know, playing out a little bit more, uh, we met up with a guy. I think he hit us up on MySpace, and he's like, "Hey, I do a festival for like shoegaze music. If you want to come play, and it's like literally like the town next over from where we were at." It's called uh, Sonic Lullaby, and uh, shout out to Paul McLeod because he's the one that kind of started putting us on, like the show oh, yeah. we belong. And we play those festivals, and people would react way differently. Like even though we were kids, like most of the people going to like the shoegaze festival were 10, 15 years older than us, and they were they were like, "Oh, this is kind of cool," like. I'm pretty sure we were still bad, but like it was yeah, that was when people I feel like were like actually staying and kind of like absorbing it more than just like, oh, this is weird and I'm kind of stuck watching, but I feel like people actually wanted to. And that was kind of like the crowd, I feel like that set us up better, yeah. you know, on a better path. So well, it's a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, um, those early like shoegaze festival shows, those were pretty awesome to just be a part of. Um, yeah, for sure. And that's really what kind of made me want to continue doing it, honestly. that uh, There were points where it's just like, do I really want to play music? Do I really want to like keep on playing in front of like bands where they're not really there for the music. The crowd's more there to just look at them. <laughs> like, kind of want to get away from this. And thankfully, we are kind of able to. And I'm not talking too much crap about all those bands because we ended up becoming friends with a lot of those guys. And Yeah, no, for sure. It, it was really beneficial for us to be a part of that scene because a lot of those bands were actually really good. A couple of them are still around today. Like we, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of like, we came as Romans, but like around the same time, we started around the same time with, as them, like in the same town. And yeah, know. they were from the town that that teen center, well, some of them were from the town that the teen center was was in. So they were kind of like local, they were kind of like the local bigger band. Also Headlights Over Hills was another one where, you know, a lot of people, locally would come out and support them like whenever they played and 
they all kind of not so much we came as romans but like the headlights over hills band they became great friends which also was another group that kind of catapulted us in another music direction so yeah they really uh they they were good musicians and they kind of like like well they're doing something different so they like put us on a couple shows where you know two or three hundred kids showed up and it's like wow this is amazing and yeah yeah much appreciation (laughs) for sure and uh yeah i i think from there it just kind of kept on growing for a couple years until we finally put out our first record which is a another kind of crazy story i think I, i hit 18 it was 2009 we put out all the memories all at once and uh um a label hit us up and actually put it out because we posted it online and like this guy hit us up he's like hey i want to put out your record and ended up being um the guy who was in a band called indian summer which is like maybe the earliest emo band in existence (laughs) i was listening to them at one point and then I'm like, wait, that's the same guy. That guy's kind of like a little legend in like California. And he put it out. I think he put out like 200 copies of it, like handmade CDs. And we were, we were like so happy to be like on a label, but quote unquote label, even though it was really like do it yourself. And I think that was like where we realized, oh, we're kind of, we're kind of doing something cool here. Yeah, that was, that was exciting. I wish it was still that exciting. <laughs> you have plenty more time to feel that excitement, I'm sure. Uh, you told us that you guys are getting to play your first live show in about three years yeah. fairly soon. And I imagine that will be a very exciting experience. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Very, very excited for that one. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about, like, how that has come about and what these like past few years without shows have been for you guys. Well, um, before, um, like COVID hit, we had still kind of taken a a little bit of a break. I think it was 2019 where we played our last show. And before that we hadn't played a show for probably a year or two. And it was was a long stretch between both of those two. Yeah, we did a 10 year anniversary for our first record and we actually put it out on vinyl for the first time. And that was cool. My buddy, uh, Brendan, runs a record label called Over and Out Records here in Detroit. And uh, he was like, hey, I want to put that out because people will probably buy it. I'm just like, do it. (laughs) And sure enough, it, it went over pretty well. Um, we had a lot of people show up to that show for like no reason really. It's like, it was a great turnout for sure. Yeah, like we weren't expecting it. And so it kind of ended on a rough note because we weren't sure if we were going to do another one. And, uh, and then COVID hit and then it's like, well, I don't know. We all kind of do other bands too. And especially Jeremy and our guitarist, Sean, and our bassist guitarist Trish, she's also in another band from Columbus, Ohio. So like everyone was kind of doing stuff and we weren't sure if we were going to get back together or not, but somehow everyone else, everyone else's bands are to the wayside now, except for Jeremy's other band. So it kind of works out again. And I think uh, 
there was just like a spark of creativity again. It's like, let's do this. Let's put out another record because we haven't put out a full length since 2013. I think it's been that is partly due to just because everyone doing other things in life. Like we had a pretty good few years with the band. And once we uh, figured we couldn't really tour around that much, we kind of put it to the wayside. But, uh, and I still don't think we'll ever tour. We might, but we definitely want to put out some more records and uh, probably play out more often than every so couple of years. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. That'd be a good goal is to play out a not every yeah couple years, but maybe <laughs> maybe every few months or something. You know. Well, speaking of, of more, you know, exciting things in the works, tell us about the progress of the album so far. Um, this would be the third your third album uh to date. So tell us a little bit about it. At the end of last year, I started uh kind of demoing stuff out on my own because Sean's band was pretty much done. At least they're like on hiatus. And uh, I think also Trisha's band is too. But basically I hit everyone up. It's like, can let's do another record. And Sean was like all about it. Andrew was really about it. Trisha's about it. Jeremy's about it. Let's, so it's like, let's do it. Um, we kind of, uh, I mean, we work at like a snail's pace. Our band has always been like a snail's pace kind of band. So we're hoping that with the I guess with the progress that we've made thus far it'll move along a little bit quicker I have a million demos probably I don't know not necessarily awful songs because we do like to jam together and you know write as a whole unit and we're gonna be hopefully you know working on that much <laughs> much more proficiently it's 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 always funny like when we get together because we when we get together we just joke around we're not we don't take anything seriously and that can be a, a big problem but it's also i don't know our music sounds serious but we're not serious <laughs> so it's it's a very usually it's just very laid back when we get together we'll jam for a good amount of time but it's uh it's a lot of it's just like hanging out and just you know just because we, we all don't get to see each other a whole lot because everybody is so busy with everything. And a lot of the times it's like, we'll practice, you know, we have practice, but it's just, just getting together and see everybody and, you know, is, is nice too. And it's sometimes because of that, we've, I feel like we've come up with some pretty cool ideas. Like we'll, ha we'll have like a set thing going into it, but then, you know, we might not, go super into that and then randomly somebody will play something and it's like oh that's really cool and really interesting and then we all just kind of click together and and then it was like oh the the short amount of time of actual practice was actually super productive because it was you know just something real quick that somebody did or you know, like James is saying, uh, he has plenty of ideas saved up that we can kind of choose from. And then the the stuff that happens just naturally on the spot. And it's always, uh, it can be, it can be a lot of, a lot of fun. And um, I think 
the big I'm excited to write write a whole full length worth yeah. of material. I think one of the big reasons why we decided that we wanted to do another one is because uh, our guitarist Andrew had gotten married last year, and I don't think we had all been in the same room together since our show. Uh, yeah. Prior and. We were all on his wedding, like standing up for his wedding, and it's just like, ah, oh, we need to do another record. Like, we should probably do another record. Um, yeah. So here we are working on one, <laughs> slowly but surely, it's happening. <laughs> and I'm excited because um, I haven't played a show in so long. We we used to play a lot, like yeah. years ago, and then it just kind of fizzled out. I'd like to get back. We've been, me and James have been in uh, a couple other side bands um, throughout the years, too. Uh, Not Okay was a hardcore band, and we also did Portin' Down, which is pretty much one of James's solo projects. But then we ended up doing it in a live setting, and it's kind of short-lived, but it was that was a lot of fun when we, we had a few pretty awesome shows at that. Yeah, a lot of um, just random projects that kind of popped up and it's like, oh, we kind of did it for a year or two here and there, but nothing um, nothing has really stood the test of time like Sunlight has. Just because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like the music's a little bit more powerful and impactful. And it's like the only kind of music that I'm, I generally like am psyched to play. So if I'm playing like, in a hardcore band that's that can be fun but it can be exhausting or like if i'm playing like an indie rock band it's i don't know jeremy plays in a metalcore band right now called wounded touch which is uh pretty fantastic and that's like a lot different from sunlight but uh oh, it's a lot different <laughs> they just put out a record on smart punk records which to kind of go back to the early question of like how we got into music, uh, Smart Punk Records was one of the very first websites that me and James discovered a lot of music because it started off as a distro. And that's where I found like, I feel like that's where we kind of found um, some more just straight up punk stuff from because they recently just started getting some more heavier bands, but they they never really had any like heavy bands before. Um and just over the years, they re, uh, recently turned it into a label and they they got a hold of us. And I was like, this is so weird because this is like the beginning of music for me is just going on their website and finding random weird underground punk bands and stuff. And now it, they turned it into an official label and it's pretty cool. So I love those guys. They're great people at Smart Punk Records. So you told us a little bit about your music and kind of like you 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 have this feel like this is like what you want to play and this has like the impact and stuff. And when we talk to people about like when they're writing their music, a lot of the time they'll talk to us about like the lyrics and like the references in their songs and stuff. But you guys don't have that. So what is the process for writing and what kind of like, what do you put out there and like, what do you want people to kind of gather from your songs? Um, well, I think, uh, it's hard to like throw 
music at an audience that doesn't have words, I know like it's usually kind of difficult for people to understand like what's going on because sometimes we all have a different idea of what's what the songs are about as well. But uh, I think in general, it's a feeling kind of thing. Like, you know, we play loud, we try to make, you know, we try to write beautiful, loud music that, you know, makes people cry and then also makes people headbang at the same time. You know, it's like, I think in general, it's just, we try to create a mood and I, I don't know. If you were to ask us like what our songs are about, I mean, personally, like if you look at like song titles and such, like most of them are about death <laughs> or, you know, life and death and in general kind of the emotions with, you know, dealing with that sort of stuff. I think that is, you know, heavily uh, in our music. I'm a big fan of like cinema, cinema styled music as well. And it's like, you know, we've done music for movies before. We've, uh, we've done, I don't know, we've done a couple movies, but I think in general, I kind of tend to write music that I, I just want to zone out to. It's kind of, it's hard to say. It's a tough question because I don't always know. I, I generally just think like, well, this sounds good and hopefully it sounds good to the people who are listening to it, you know. I kind of try to at least make music that I want to listen to as opposed to writing for someone else. You know what I mean? Like, would you say maybe it's sort of like a write like what you're feeling at the time when you're like doing demos and stuff like that. And then maybe like kind of just furthering the sound from that point on with like that mood in mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd say so. And it's, it's, I think it's a nice challenge to try and write a song that, you can get away with without having vocals on it that I've always kind of liked that aspect of it. Yeah. If you can stay interested, it kind of is if there was like a vocal melody or harmony going on same way with, you know, everybody playing guitar and, and just working together, you know? Yeah. It's like, how can we make this dynamic or, you know, layered enough to where it doesn't even need vocals. Like, I think that generally came from listening to a lot of bands that were already kind of doing the style. Like for instance, Mogwai from uh, Scotland, they rarely have vocals, but they kind of, you know, build up their songs in such a way where, you know, you don't, the emotion is there and whatever you're feeling, like that's what you're feeling. And that's what is most important. And I think that's, you know, what we try to do at least with our sound. Post-rock is, you know, heavily influenced from like jazz or classical or prog and all that stuff. And it's just kind of a combination of all those. And it's more centered around the music and not necessarily like what the message is. Songs can seem pretty singular if like a song is about a very specific thing or maybe the song's about something that everyone sings about. It's like sometimes that can get a little, you know, tiring or uninteresting and I think it's, yeah, it's, I like the challenge of trying to make something that can make people think without having to like listen to someone kind of yammer on about nothing. <laughs> yeah, kind of, it's, you know, it's music to where you, it, the ego is kind of taken away and you can kind of just focus on it like, oh, does this just sound or feel good? 
you know, rather than like wondering what they're singing about or, you know, whether it's genuine or something along those lines. But I feel like I agree with everything James said. I'd say that you worded it pretty, pretty well. And we also just play so loud that you probably couldn't even hear a vocalist anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. The wall of amps. I, I don't know. I've always been a fan of that. Like, I th we went to a show with some instrumental bands like way early on. I think it was probably around 2006 or 2007. Yeah, I think 2006. And uh, that show just melted my brain. I didn't that's, know you could yeah, do that. That's the show why I play this style of music is because like I was into like maybe two bands that played like the post-rock style. And one of them happened to be playing. And then, um, you know, I wanted to go. I was excited, but I didn't really like, I probably didn't like care that much going in. I thought it'd be fun and all that. But then it just totally blew my mind to like a level I can't describe. And I'm like, this is my life now. Is this kind of music? Like it just like, there is a point in time where I, I was like, I don't need music with vocals, like, because, <laughs> you, know, you know, I was like dumb about it where I, I kind of disregarded other music that I truly love at the time to kind of just be immersed in like mono and Russian circles were two that like really hit me early on. That lineup was, it was uh, Russian circles, Pelican and mono and that was an amazing show for a 16 year old me to witness. I was like, Holy crap. This is uh, I didn't know. I didn't know this stuff existed. <laughs> right. And I was like, I need to mimic that. I need to do that. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and rip that off as much as possible. <laughs> I think uh, we ended up seeing explosions in the sky a little bit later on too, which was another great show, but those were like the early moments that really kind of, you know, define what we wanted to do next. And I really like creating music that, you know, people can have all sorts of different emotions to, you know, I don't want to like tell someone what to think with a song or a particular sound. Like it would be, you know, you could have multiple people come up to you and tell you that this song means something else to them. Yeah, it's, you know, it's open to interpretation. So tell us about the process. Uh, you talked a little bit about it earlier of uh, how you name your songs and kind of based on the emotions you're feeling when writing and, um, you know, what goes into the song. So talk us through a little bit about that process. Um, I guess with like the song titles, I know, I know some of them kind of sound a little bit more direct in their meaning. But we try to like try to keep it like it's like part of a story and try to keep it vague. Like for instance, we have a song called This Was Your Place. And you know, that's your only uh that's the only like um idea that you're gonna get for the song, like what it's about. So, you know, you can leave it could be sad, it could be happy. Um I think it's generally a really sad song, but we have other song titles that are kind of like, well, only we kind of really know what that means. And 
you know, like we have a song called Diorama Dream. I don't know what people think about when they hear it or whatever, but in my head, it was like about a dream, you know, it's like, it was basically about a dream that I had where, you know, time was standing still. And I think, uh, I don't know, sometimes we are a little bit more direct with the song titles, but I think we leave them open for interpretation just as much as we do the music. I think, yeah, I don't want to just have a song like this song's called uh, Angry Song or Love Song or something like that. It's just like, it's silly. But the latest song we put out, Echoes and Greens, about, I mean, it's kind of, Sean might be better able to describe it. It's basically about a a witch in the woods. <laughs> or uh, echoes. We intentionally spelled echoes wrong because uh, instead of it being about like an echo, it's about the being echo. Uh, E-C-H. Uh, what is it? O-E. Yeah. <laughs> or, no. Echoes. Echoes. <laughs> So it's, it's like, it's intentionally confusing, you know, it, it's not necessarily like, a, it's just supposed to put like imagery in your head as opposed to uh, ideas, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so like, despite like the open-endedness of it, um, because of how kind of like fluid it is and like the vagueness of it, uh, like you guys have ideas about what they are. Like you have your like kind of stories, I guess, for these songs. Yeah. I think in general, um, we, at least for me, like when I'm performing the songs and writing them, like I'm writing it for myself and like, it's like kind of an emotion that I want to get through. And like, uh, you know, a lot of them are about like memories and stuff. And it's, that's like, the main idea is that, you know, it's supposed to be open, but the songs are going to mean something to us no matter what. Like our, I think one of the first songs we ever put out all the memories all at once was kind of just, you know, it was like a, uh, an ode to just nostalgia in general. And like, uh, you know, like, your life flashes before your eyes before you die and like we kind of wanted to encompass that in some sort of way and a lot of the songs in the first record are literally just all about memories and you know basically being scared of dying <laughs> that that's, a, that's a pretty common theme with our songs i feel like is kind of like we we kind of maybe switched it up a little later the other albums but I feel like that's kind of the basis of a lot of what our song titles mean or, you know, just kind of around that, those similar ideas. I think we definitely try to stay away from, you know, like one idea. It's like, hey, this song means this to me. I think we try to stay away from that because in general, as a band that doesn't have vocals, we... I think we just drew the line at one point where like, this is how it's going to be. Like, this is how we're going to write music. It's not going to be like Andrew's song or James's song or Trisha's song or Jeremy's song or Sean's song. It's going to be the way we all work together. We won't have to deal with the hassle of like 
what it's what this is going to be about what's this next song going to be about you know i wanted to avoid that from the get-go <laughs> as it, yeah. agreed yeah sometimes it just seems not to say like with other bands and stuff we we've done that differently but yeah with this band specifically it's it's definitely supposed to be uh about making up a story on your own like it, it, this this song can mean whatever you want it to mean but in general they they mean something different to us for sure i think we all have our own definition of each song and i think that's kind of what makes it work because we don't have to worry about saying anything about it <laughs> i i think it's safe to say that me and sydney are both very excited to hear what comes next for you guys like we're excited for any news any information about that record and when we get to hear it we're gonna ah beautiful uh but sydney do you have any other questions for jeremy and james so where can we find and follow you guys online and listen to all of your music all right so we have an instagram i'm kind of like working on actually pushing that but it's a uh, sunlight ascending mi short for michigan and then uh we have a band camp you can either search sunlight ascending um i think it's sunlight ascending michigan at bandcamp.com <laughs> i actually have to double yeah, check yeah isn't sure. that one spelled out right. it might be spelled out too. so but yeah you can find us on all streaming platforms uh you know spotify apple music uh we, what else do we have? <laughs> Pretty sure that's all we have. We yeah, don't have any merch. I think everything's up on YouTube, and if that's your thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so some I, people, that's all they use. So, if you want to buy our latest seven-inch record, which uh, our friend Eric Scobie, uh, through Dropping Bombs, he put that out in 2020. Um, I think he still has a few copies of that left. He might, you might have to message him about that, but. His record label is called Dropping Bombs. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much all the social media. I think we're done with Facebook. <laughs> I think everybody pretty much is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of a dead place lately. It's kind of sad. Just just is for the updates on shows. That's the only thing I really use it for. I, I noticed is I just glued to the events part of my and it's like, no, I don't really need it for other things, I guess. Just hearing about things that maybe I miss from somewhere else is all its purpose really has for me. But, you know. <laughs> uh, we have a Twitter. I think it's Sun Ascend MI. But geez, I Twitter's forget so about weird. Twitter because I, I haven't had one in, in a long time. So, but again, I know a lot of people use Twitter, so. Yeah. Um, I just want to plug our show real quick. It's on August 1st. And uh, I'm sure by the time this is out, they're going to announce their tour. But we're doing the show with a band called uh, Shiloh from Richmond, Virginia. So you should check them out. They're awesome. pretty awesome. Yeah. But yeah, we'll have a show in Detroit at PJ's Locker House. It might be the only show we do this year, but hopefully we'll do more. <laughs> but yeah, once again, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Yeah, for sure. Uh, would love to. Thank you so much for listening to Little Known Tracks. 
If you or a loved one want to be featured on an episode of Little Known Tracks, you can send us an email at littleknowntrackspodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at LKTPod for all of our updates and occasionally giveaways and such. Once again, thank you for listening. Until next time.